Hi, everyone. Brian Newbert here from GoldenBike.com, live in his car once again with my co-pilot, my turn signal, um, driving back from Mackey Arena once again, uh, this time following Purdue's 75-70. to Gavit Games win over Marquette. Uh, you'll have to bear with me here. Uh, I am coming down with something here, not feeling so hot, uh, so hopefully I can make sense here in this Golden Black Radio Express postgame podcast. Brought to you by our friends at Purdue Federal Credit Union, the Sand Valley Golf Resort, which sounds really good right now on this 33-degree evening. Uh, AcrePro.com, TNW Design and Build, the Whitaker Inn, which I'll be driving past here within minutes, hope, hoping they keep their deer on their property as I pass by, uh, and the East End Grill and Ripple and Company. So we'll kind of dive right into this here and hopefully keep it short and sweet so I can go back to sneezing and blowing my nose and all of that stuff. Uh, Purdue wins 75-70, to 70, dominating the final 10 minutes of the game. A really important test passed by a very new and young team. I, I think the thing that stands out the most about this was Purdue just kind of finding a way. Uh, when you look at the game, you're going to talk about Braden Smith, and rightfully so. You're going to talk about Zach Eady, and rightfully so. Uh, you're going to talk about Purdue handling the press, and rightfully so. Uh, six turnovers for the game, and uh, pretty solid shooting the whole game, pretty solid offensive efficiency when it mattered most. Uh, Purdue never really got rattled. But what it comes down to for me is kind of just the broad topic of Purdue finding a way. And by, what I mean by that is, you know, Caleb First wasn't, this game star by any means, but the play he made in the last few minutes to block that three-pointer, followed by David Jenkins stripping that ball off of Marquette's foot for an important turnover, somewhere in there, Trey Kaufman ran, knocked an inbound pass out of bounds off Marquette. Little stuff like that, that a young team is doing, uh, kind of reflects a bit of a survival instinct, a bit of a winning trait, a winning gene, however you'd want to put that. And I think that's, if this, if what happens in November, you know, represents Purdue's floor, for that stuff to be going on in a game like this, uh, with all these young and new guys playing in this environment they've never played in before against an opponent geared to make them panic, make them hurry, make them lose their cool, stuff like that, that's a really positive thing. Now, I want to couch that in the requisite reminder that November basketball is what it is, uh, as Purdue fans you know, know better than anyone right now that what happens in November is not your enduring reality. Um, but I think right now what Purdue is doing is establishing its floor. And I think that what you saw in the first two games from Purdue and the, the private scrimmage with Cincinnati, the exhibition game, things like that, and then this, on top of all of it, I think you're seeing a team with a really nice starting point for what it's going to try to build here over the next couple weeks and the next couple months. Uh, and part of that, obviously, are the guys who I, I mentioned earlier. Braden Smith, this was his, this was him announcing himself. You know, I don't want to overstate it and say to the college basketball world, but certainly to the Purdue world. Uh, Purdue's known this all along. They, they really thought they had something with this kid. And, you know, for him to simply impose his will on this game in the last 10 minutes and not to be rattled by those two early turnovers that Marquette scored directly off of, really speaks volumes about him as a competitor, him as a a, uh, a poised individual, him as an unflappable, ever-confident presence, you know, things like that. And he's just, he's bound for big things, man. And I, I think you saw, you got your first taste of it or your first glimpse of it. I don't want to say taste, that's disgusting. Um, against Marquette. Again, against a team that is designed to make young point guards look terrible. 
And outside of those first two turnovers, he looked the exact opposite of terrible uh, because he was he was the dominant figure in this game for the most important stretch of the game, probably. Around that, obviously, you know, I, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, just like I did with Jaden Ivey last year. Like, I don't need to tell you every week Jaden Ivey is good, you know. And this year, I don't need to tell you every game that Zach Eadie's really good. But Zach Eadie's really good. And, you know, once once Purdue started getting him the ball and getting him in positions to really assert his will on this game, that's precisely what happened. He scored the first eight points of the second half before Purdue got them off to the good start they needed. Uh, I think he is playing like an elite defensive player right now. Uh, you're never going to be perfect as a defensive player um, at those dimensions. Uh, you know, the Rudy Gobert's are unicorns. The, the what Victor Wembanyama will one day be probably. Those guys are unicorns. Uh, but I think that uh, Zach Eady is playing at an incredibly high level from a defensive perspective. He's doing the best job I've ever seen of him in ball screen defense. He's doing the best job he's ever done protecting the rim. Uh, he's he's reacting to things before they happen. He's closing on the ball quick and not really getting out of control. He's just playing at a really high level defensively. And he's doing it over bigger minutes than he's ever done it before. I've said before here, I don't think they need 32 minutes a game from him uh, every game, but there are going to be games that that they need that, and tonight was one of those nights. And that's two games in a row now he's played north of 30 minutes. And he's played north of 30 minutes at a really high level, and that's more important than simply the, the minute total on the box score at the end of the game. It's how good are those minutes you're playing? Are you just standing out there for 32 minutes so you can say you played 32 minutes, or are you actually being the best version of yourself for 32 minutes? And the last two games, Zach Eady has been the best version of Zach Eady probably we've seen. Uh, at Purdue, and that's a pretty high bar considering some of the games he's had before. Um, I, you can't speak, you can't say enough about what Purdue did against Marquette's press, and I think that's a credit to this non-traditional point guard mix uh, that Purdue has going on here. You know, Braden Smith was obviously the driving force behind all of this, but the fact that you know Purdue maybe doesn't have this true second point guard, but they have these three other like half point guards really allowed you to have more than one point guard on the floor at all times. And, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kind of throw Brian Waddell in there, too, as counterintuitive as that sounds, because Brian Waddell was on the floor at the end of the game uh, because Purdue wanted another ball handler out there, another decision maker out there, a guy who's going to do all the right stuff. So between Braden Smith plus various combinations of David Jenkins, Ethan Morton, Fletcher Lawyer, and Brian Waddell, you did a hell of a job against that press. A hell of a job. And all the time Purdue spent on it in the preseason sure looked worthwhile uh, here today. And that, that I, I, I would be remiss here to not mention David Jenkins has just been, I don't want to say a godsend because that's overstating things, but what he's given Purdue this season is, I, I don't want to burn this on a podcast because I think this is a good line, but, um, you know, when David Jenkins signed with Purdue, he wasn't what Purdue needed because they needed a point guard. As things have turned out, he's been exactly what they need because his maturity, his experience, his toughness, as much as anything, have just been difference makers for this Purdue team. And he's he's a perfect addition uh, for this young team. His personality is awesome. He seems like a good leader. Uh, people seem to respond to him. He gets along well with his new team. He can go get a shot when he needs a shot. Um, he's just done everything right, man. And, you know, he didn't need to be out there against Austin Peay. 
he was, and that just showed how bad he wants to compete, how bad he wants to play, how bad he wants to really help this new team of his. And you just can't say enough about the start of his Purdue career here. So uh, I'm uh, approaching my homestead here, uh, the Newburgh Compound in West Lafayette. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, this has been your Golden Black Radio Express post game podcast following Purdue's 75 to 70 win over Marquette in the Gabbett games. Gabbett. Did I say Gabbett? The Gavit games. Definitely not the Gavit games. Um, this has been brought to you by our friends at the Purdue Federal Credit Union, the Sand Valley Golf Resort, AcrePro.com, P&W Design and Build, the Whitaker Inn, which I just drove past, and East End Grill and Ripple and Company. So please keep all of them in mind when you're in need of their respective services, whether it be engineering of some kind, if you're looking to buy farmland, or if you just want a really good hamburger. Keep them in mind, please. So thanks so much, everybody. I appreciate it. I will talk to you again from the Pacific Northwest when Purdue goes out to the uh, Phil Knight event in Portland and uh, to meet West Virginia in the first round. That's Purdue's next game. So I'll talk to you, uh, I'll talk to you from Portland. Thanks, everybody.